Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, hey listeners. <laughs> the happy version. Uh, <laughs> this upcoming regular season, one of the things we want to do is a series on civics. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which is a very broad term. And so we are asking you for your help. Yes. Help us out. So basically, um, we've had some people saying, hey, how do I learn about this? Or, you know, what are the things I should know? And we're like, there's too much. There's so too much. <laughs> there's, we sum up. There's yeah. too much. We sum up. <laughs> there's too much. Yes. So if you have any specific um, ideas or um, thoughts or things that you want to know more about, mm-hmm. whether it's how elections work, how our governments are structured, mm-hmm. um, what does it mean to be a citizen, those types of things, we would really like your help to send us some of those ideas so we yeah. can cover the bases that you most want to hear about. Mm-hmm. And if there is, um, side note, if there's a guest that you'd like us to try to have on our show, send us that too, because those interviews have been really fun. That would be perfect. So you can either message us on the Facebook or via Twitter or also our email, which is info at flyover-logic.com. We are going to find a path forward. We will have to choose it. We will need to acknowledge the deep divides that exist in our social landscape and reckon honestly with them. As a nation and as individuals, we'll have to develop and enhance our ability to see the humanity in all those around us, not just the ones we disturb, not just the ones we agree with. And we will need to bridge divides and build healing with intention. May these stories be a beacon and a compass to guide our journey. Welcome, everyone. This is Mike and Tammy back for another round of Flyover Logic. I'm Mike, a former teacher turned business owner, lifelong conservative, and a bit of a political hot dish. And I'm Tammy, a sociology instructor whose studies and life experience has firmly planted me in the liberal camp. Each episode, we'll give you a brief take on what's got us thinking, what the heck? We'll take a deeper dive into one big topic, and we'll end with sharing something happy, leaving you all with some Minnesota nice. Sometimes you need a bird's eye view to make sense of the world, and sometimes you need to land the plane and take a look around. We hope to do both and help each other learn something along the way. I don't know what I'm going to say, but you just say, Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, Tammy. What's up? <laughs> um, Mike is exhausted. I'm exhausted. Yes. Your what the heck could just be, like, peopling. I am <laughs> peopling. Uh, yeah, so I, I, yes. Yes. I'm exhausted. I went to one of my favorite things. Dang it. I just, now I'm going off. That's going to be my night, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, I'm yes, tired. You're tired. I was, yes. <laughs> and he doesn't want to talk about it. No, I'm going to come back to it because oh, that's okay. going to be my, my nice actually, okay, perfect. because that's great. So okay. you, you're going to stay with what okay. the heck. What the heck? Because um, this is fine. Oh my I'm gosh. Just, I'm going to throw stuff. People are now trying a new um, treatment for COVID. It's a livestock drug, Irmavectin. I don't care what it's called. Whatever. It's for cattle. It's for cows and horses. And the Poison Control Center in Mississippi has seen a spike in calls. There were hospitalizations and even two deaths um, reported because of this new joke, whatever, that people are trying. It's not a... Yeah. The, the FDA put out... Okay, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's hilarious to me in a very ridiculous sense that this is what they had to do. But they tweeted out a picture of like a woman in scrubs and a stethoscope hugging a horse. Right. Yeah. Like anyway, with the words, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all. Stop, stop it. it. <laughs> and I just 
first of all, it's absurd that this is where we're at right now, that the FDA needs to say that to you, but I loved the messaging. So what the heck, people? Stop. We don't want to inject with bleach. We don't want to take horse pills, whatever. Like, no, just you should know better. What is continually mind boggling to me is that it appears to me that there is a strain of people who are simultaneously like sort of, I don't want to say anti-COVID because they're not like beat COVID. They're like, I don't know if you want to call them COVID deniers or whatever. Yeah, yes. they're, and they're like, it's not a big deal. Basically, yes. we're not going to, they have said, we're not going to listen to established medical professionals right. yes. about this disease. Yes. But at the same time, are <laughs> looking for treatments for this thing that they don't think is real. Right. That are just that are batshit crazy. (laughs) Bonkers. Yes. And I don't there's a disconnect there. Like either 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 it's not a thing. So just go to McDonald's. So do nothing. Right. Right. Yeah. Or it is a thing and listen to the the human doctors. Like not just the humans that are doctors. Like the humans that are doctors for For humans. humans. (laughs) And do what they tell you to do. That it's, it's just, just, yeah, it's, it's blowing it, my mind. It is. Mm-hmm. That's a yes. pretty, I mean, I, I, yes, I don't, ha- I was not terribly prepared for this one, <laughs> but this, this has been in this whole last week and I haven't said anything or tweeted anything or posted anything, but I, I'm just so confused. Yes. How you can be like the denying group and the wacko group at the same time. Yes. And I wish like just pick a side, right? right. It'd be a lot easier for right. us. All. We have to deal with the real thing with yes. the people in the hospital and getting people vaccinated. So we have to do de- that's enough. Yeah. We don't need to run around telling you to stop taking horse treatments. Yeah. For, and it's for deworming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so if mm. you have worms. <laughs> Good. There you no, go. Still no, don't take don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go it's get not a human for you. pill for worms. <laughs> See oh a human gosh. doctor. No, that's a, that all this whole last week as we've moving towards, well, one, the fall and the Delta, you know, the, whatever, and all school going, you yes. know, and you have all that, like, again, and, and governing bodies need, I'm like, pick again, pick one. So you have yeah. Florida, we'll just pick up Florida because why not, where it, the, it's constant downplaying, 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 yes. but then at the same time, Surge units, we need, like, we get oh, your drugs. Oh, federal government, like, send know, us more ventilators, like, yeah. I, just, why can't you not downplay it? Right. And then still be like, I don't want to have masks. Like, I don't, like, I don't understand. Yeah. Does that make, I mean, does yep. that make any sense? Nope, yep. Just it does. Pick one. Pick one. Anyway, this is all going to be about COVID. What the heck? What the heck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just put a break on it. <laughs> Okay, Uh, so today we have the fabulous experience of being able to sit down and chat with John Noltner. Yes. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, what did we do? Um, So he is um, working on a project called Portraits of Peace, and um, that's the new book, right? Yeah, I was going to say, no, that's not the project. The project project is a piece of my mind. A piece of my mind, P-E-A-C-E. Yes, Um, not a piece of my mind. led into this new book that is... On its way out, you can pre-order it today. Yes. Um, but he's a photographer um, who's been working his entire career for all, all over the place. Yeah. And he's been working on this uh, project that led to the book, basically like just doing interviews with 
average people yep. and trying to figure out ways that we can bridge all the divides that we yes. have everywhere in our society. Yeah. And we both found this conversation to be pretty energizing and encouraging and just hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Yeah. I was connected with you, John, um, through Betsy Roeder and the New York Mills Cultural Center. Um, I had right. hosted an event for them and she was like, hey, I think this guy, ne- you need to talk to him. He's doing something great. So we were so fortunate that you were willing to um, come on our little show and talk with us. And if you would just give our listeners a little bit of a bio, um, tell us a little bit about where you are and where you're from <laughs> and what you're doing. Yes. And I mean, we'll find out where you actually are too, but <laughs> latitude and yeah, longitude. yeah, that's yes. a never, yeah, that's a never evolving answer, as yeah. you probably know. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. So, so my name is John Noltner. I'm a uh, I'm a freelance photographer. I have spent my career shooting for national magazines and Fortune 500 companies. And about a dozen years ago, I started this multimedia arts project called. A piece of my mind. It's P E A C E, which is not usually how we spell it when we say the phrase, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's a little bit of uh, play on words there, but, but really, a piece of my mind is a media arts project that tries to use storytelling to bridge divides and build community. So, so the, the, the nuts and the bolts of it is we, we sit down and we do these recorded interviews. I'm a photographer by trade, so I like to also shoot a portrait of people. Uh, and we combine these these images and these stories uh, in different ways, as podcasts, as uh, exhibits, as um, books. And then we use the stories to try to explore our common humanity. Sort of the catchphrase is, in an increasingly divided world, a piece of my mind tries to rediscover the common humanity that connects us. So not at all unlike what you're trying to do with flyover logic. Aww. Oh, oh, wow. Well. Except you said Aww. it like much more well, you, and, and yes. one, oh, oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I want to back up just a little bit. Um, you are from Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Wow, that was a really Minnesota way to say. Are you from Minnesota? Okay, yeah. so you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I was I grew up in Wisconsin, sort of the Uh-oh. same thing. With, with, I know, I know, but don't worry. I don't care about any of the football teams. <laughs> so, uh, so we're not going to have a problem with that. But um, have have my wife and I moved to the Twin Cities. Um, well, we'll say this. Her name is Karen. Karen and I moved to the Twin Cities uh, 30 years ago with plans on staying for two years. And we sort of we sort of got stuck until um, recently. I say stuck, but it's a yeah. lovely place. Yeah. We love it. Sure. Uh, but we just sold our house last fall, um, bought an RV, and we're living on the road full time now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. And wow. and. And you're going to say, wow, again, uh, today's our anniversary. So oh. we've been married for 30 years. And I know it's weird. Why am I recording a podcast with somebody when it's my anniversary, <laughs> right? But um, we live in 284 square feet together oh, yeah. all the time, 24-7. So, you know. <laughs> so for your anniversary, you're like, Karen, here's the deal. I'm going to book some You go stuff over there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to go over here. No, no, no. We just, uh, you know, we, 
as we're navigating this life on the road, we, we do what we need to do. We set aside time to be together each day. And, you know, as soon as we're done, we're going to go and sit down by the ocean and have a little pizza and a glass of wine and celebrate together. Um, that sounds amazing. So happy anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And also super jealous, just a little bit of like, we're just going to walk out to the beach and have, you know, pizza and wine. I so, do appreciate that it's pizza, though. It's, at least yeah. you didn't say lobster or something. Right. No, thing. that's too that's too classy. We're, yeah. No, no. Well, it's, it's not only classy or it's not only too classy for me. Um, there's an entire chapter in my new book, which we're going to have time to talk about yeah. that talks about the fact that I don't eat seafood Ooh. and it's a little oh. bit <laughs> I haven't gotten I to that so chapter people... yet <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. well you'll get there it's I'll... a little fun it's I'll... a little whimsical it um yeah so pizza is more my style I love it so like as a stepping stone then to getting because we we do want to talk about the book is so you what was the impetus for you to start this portraits of peace project like where was there like that's a pretty big undertaking um to do i mean i would assume maybe it was a lot easier, maybe it was a lot easier than it sounds but like something must have happened or some experience you had um that kind of set you on that path like what, what i mean what why why not just a coffee table book you know you're you probably have enough of them you probably put a bunch of them together with all your work <laughs> yeah yeah it was um it was a huge and daunting and horrifying endeavor to begin <laughs> with and if i had <laughs> Luckily, luckily, I had no idea where it was going to go. So I was brave enough to start. Had I seen uh, how much work it was going to be uh, going forward, I probably would have never had the courage. But, oh. um, but you're exactly right, Mike. There's, there's, there's two things that were going on um, back around 2008, 2009, and the first is that I was. I was frustrated with the increasing division in our country. I was concerned about all of the, the increasing polarization, all of the things that ask us to look at what can separate us, whether that's politics, ethnicity, religion, gender, class, you name it. Um, you know, if you, if you choose to divide, you've got all sorts of tools at your disposal. But I wondered if there was something I could do with my photography and storytelling instead to remember what connects us. You know, because because um, I'm firmly convinced that if you spend your entire life looking for divisions, you're going to find them. Uh, you're <laughs> yeah. going to find them even some even in some places where they don't actually exist. You know, and I, I don't have to tell you that over the 12 years that I've been working on this project, um, that sense of division has not gotten better. No, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it continues to grow, uh, which which either tells me that I'm not doing my job very well. Or I just need to do more of it. You know, we all need to do more of it. The um, the second thing that happened around that same time is I like to say the economy handed me some free time. Um, the, you know, I was I was working as a freelance photographer, and the the recession sort of uh, gutted that business. And I can't tell you how many of my photographer friends went to work for TSA. And um, you know, nothing against TSA, but as as an artist, I don't think that was in their uh, in their envisioned career path. Right. Uh, but it was a really hard time uh, to 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 keep body and soul together. Um, and if I was smarter, I would have probably used that time to look for new clients. But I was, you know, I I was restless. There was something else brewing, and uh, a piece of my mind is what I started. 
So, so I should clarify for the language. So Portraits of Peace is the name of the new book that's coming out. A Piece of My Mind is sort of the overarching project that I've been working on for a dozen years. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I was kind of wondering about that because I didn't, um, I started with reading your book and didn't realize the website was full of all kinds of other information, the blog and that kind of stuff. Um, so oh, that's yeah, kind of the ongoing so project. busy for a long time on, yeah. on that website. Okay. And do you have a team with you now? <laughs> or- <laughs> that's a great question. Um, when I talk about a piece of my mind, um, and portraits of peace. I, I, I talk about us a lot. Um, at the end of the day, uh, us is me. But when I, when I use that Royal, we, um, you know, I'm talking about all the people who have shared their stories. Uh, I'm talking about my family who has made the space for me to work on this project. I'm talking about, um, all the people who have supported us through different crowdfunding campaigns through the years. Uh, you know, we just retooled a piece of my mind as a nonprofit. And so I'm also talking about my board. I certainly have designers that I work with. I've had interns over the years. I've got a writer that helps me uh, on, on a contract basis with my with my newsletter that we put out. But really, it's uh, it's kind of me. I'm doing the interviews. I'm doing the editing. And I'm uh, I'm, I'm figuring out how the heck to keep the wheels on the bus. <laughs> That's a big undertaking. Um, and yeah, yeah. RV... And I'm also, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm also the custodian, too. <laughs> you know, stuff has to get done, and I'm not so proud as to shy away from whatever has to happen. Yeah, wow. And you have been in the RV for just over a year now. Is that uh, 10 or 11 months? It was uh, the middle of October when we left. Since we're talking about keeping the wheels on the bus, yeah. I guess that's a nice segue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the RV life, like, it's, it's just great? Um, almost. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> yeah, so was that, was that mostly, like, was that a dream or was that mostly because this uh, is very conducive to the, your project that you're doing because you're constantly traveling and meeting people and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so here's what happened. A piece of my mind had grown to the point where pre pandemic, um, I was doing this public programming all across the country. So we, you know, we install these exhibits in public places at colleges and conferences and community centers and libraries. We, um, we do, um, workshops, we do, we do lectures. Um, and I, and I do these, these like public studios where we gather short form stories everywhere we go and then reflect them back to the community. So in, in 2019, I think I led programming in, uh, 20 states and on four continents. And and it was, uh, yeah, the thing was rolling. And, um, as a result, um, you know, I, Karen and I were apart for 180 days that year, you know, and that's, that's not why we got married. We kind of like each other. So we, (laughs) we, we had, you know, we're practical people. And, um, you know, I forgot to do that part in life where you make a million dollars first and then you do the thing that you love. I just kind of, I just kind of have always chased the thing that I love and the thing that I feel has meaning. And so we had to be uh, pragmatic. It turned out we, we could um, have two of the three things on this list. We could have Karen quit her job so we could spend more time together mm-hmm. or uh, we could buy uh, our own health insurance because she's the one who, who her job provided her health insurance, or we could, um, 
you know, have a house payment. We could have two of those three things, but we couldn't afford three of those three things. Uh, and so we decided she could quit her job and we could buy our own health insurance, but that meant we had to, you know, sell the house. And, yeah. and frankly, we were kind of done with the house anyway. You know, the kids were grown sure. and I didn't ever want to mow another lawn. Uh, I didn't, you know, it was a, it was a 1960s split level and the, the roof was good and the, you know, the windows were fine and the siding was new. And so we had to leave before anything bad happened to it. Right. Because <laughs> we didn't want to do any more maintenance. So we, we, we sold the house and we bought the RV and, um, Oh, oh, I, I remember what I was going to say. Let me back up a little bit. We were, so we were aiming to do this, um, leading into the pandemic, right? We were going to, this, gonna, was, already, we're yeah, gonna this buy- was on the, on the list beforehand. Yeah, yeah, this was this was part of the plan. And so, you know, rolling big with the programming, we were going to get the RV and follow the programming and go from job to job and engagement to engagement. Then March 16th and 17th of 2020, in 48 hours, everything on our calendar just vanished. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it all, you can't do public programming if the public can't get together. And so it all went away. And we had to sort of scratch our heads a little bit and say, oh, well, now what are we going to do? And um, after a while, we decided that we were going to run a crowdfunding campaign, an Indiegogo campaign. We decided that we could live uh, and isolate safely in an RV as well as we could isolate and be safe in, in, a, in a stick and brick house. Sure. And we decided that there was important work that we wanted to do. And so, uh, you know, we, we launched into it. We pulled the, pulled the house together, did the things we had to do, uh, put it on the market and it sold quickly. And we, um, well, we hit the road even before our trailer was ready for us. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, you know, COVID supply chain issues, um, we'd ordered the, we'd ordered the trailer in the, uh, summer and it was supposed to be ready by, uh, by the end of August, but it wasn't. And so, uh, luckily I have a cousin who had a trailer and she let us borrow it for, um, the first month of our trip. So, so here's what we got to say during the first month of our trip. We got to say, Hey, I'm living in my cousin's trailer in the Hills of West Virginia. I mean, how <laughs> West Virginia can you possibly get? Wow. That is amazing. No offense to the good people of West Virginia. Right, right. That's all, that's yeah. all in fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, but, I love um, that at the, like at the beginning, at the onset of this pandemic that you agreed that like, this is really important work. I feel like this pandemic, um, has definitely highlighted a whole lot of division or it seems like it's made it worse to some extent or in some areas, I think. And so I just love that it was like, we need this still, and this is important enough that we need to keep going. We can't shut down just because the world is kind of shutting down for a little bit. Well, you know what? And if we, if we want to jump right into it, so, uh, so we lived in Bloomington, um, 11.6 miles south of where George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. And so, uh, you know, we were in the pandemic and I was, I was happy to quarantine at home and, and isolate, but I knew if a piece of my mind wanted to talk about social issues, if a piece of my mind. Uh, premise was bridging divides uh, and being a better ally to all people in the world. I couldn't, I couldn't stay home 
when this enormous event was sort of unfolding right in our, in our front yard. And so, um, so I hadn't been out in public really, but I realized that I needed to, I needed to go up to 38th in Chicago and understand, uh, or, or see what was going on and just, just bear witness, just, uh, acknowledge what had happened. So I brought, I brought a light and I brought a camera, uh, not the first day, but the second day I went, uh, and set up this, this really, uh, portable studio and just, uh, was there. And I just asked people who were there, what do you want to say? You know, and, and made an invitation for people to share a story if they want. And, um, and certainly not everybody wanted to, but over the course of the next week, I went back every day and, um, and we wound up getting 50 stories out of that, you know, and, and normally we would do that and people would be writing their answers on a clipboard, on a little sheet. Um, it's a pandemic. So I, I made a little app on my phone so that they could, they could just go online and they could write their responses. Uh, we wore our masks and kept separate and, and distance until it was time for the photo, which I shot with a, a longer lens. So that we were outside and we could stay away from each other. So yeah. at the end of this, it turned into a really powerful body of work. Um, but I also realized that we could do this work safely, even oh, in the yeah. midst of a pandemic. And um, then we knew it was just time to go. Yeah. Is that is that project published somewhere separately? Or yeah, is that it's of- uh, it's 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 on the website, um, okay. a piece of my mind dot net. Uh, you have to scroll back quite a bit on that homepage, okay. but eventually you'll you'll find some black and white portraits. And the header on it is just uh, George Floyd. You know, we were posting every day for a little while, right? Uh, and you can see little bits and pieces of it. But if you find the one that's headed George Floyd. Um, in the title, you click through and it'll bring you to a four and a half minute video that shares some of those stories in a really powerful way with Minneapolis uh, spoken word artist, um, Joe Davis. Awesome. <laughs> where do you find, or how, how should I say, um, I was going to say, where do you find the energy or the strength to take these kinds of things on? Because right. like, even just the concept of that made me tired. Um, is it, is it something that really energizes you? I mean, like, where do you, what, what really keeps you going and what motivates you? You know, I need to understand the world, um, through personal experience. I think part of, part of what divides us is the media landscape that we live in. I mean, we all know that you can, you can tune into different news sources uh, about the same events and you're going to get two completely different spun stories uh, and two completely uh, different spun perspectives about those things. And when we allow ourselves to be fed that information, when we allow ourselves to use that as our sole source of information, I think, um, you know, it, it, it does us a disservice. And so for me as a human being, I need to get my knowledge from as close to the grassroots as I can. And so when um, George Floyd was killed 11.6 miles north of my house, I needed to go there. Mm-hmm. I needed to be there, not because, not because I was going to change the history of what happened in that place, mm-hmm. not because... Um, 
I knew the answers to any of this, but because I wanted to be present, I wanted to bear witness, Mm -hmm. and I needed to understand a little bit better myself. And I didn't think I was going to get that through headlines. I didn't think I was going to get that from from talk radio. Mm -hmm. And so I went down there, and what I found was a lot of emotion, a lot of tension, a lot of frustration and grief. Mm -hmm. I found a community that um, really welcomed anyone into that space. I mean, I'm a middle-aged white guy from the suburbs, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was as welcome as as anyone Mm -hmm. there. Now, that being said, not everybody wanted to talk to me. You know, some people want to grieve in private. Some people, um, you know, are, are, are there for for different reasons other than uh, to go talk to a stranger on the street corner. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were looking for some human connection. Sure. I think in the in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of this sort of community grief and grappling with it, there were a lot of people who were looking for a human connection. And if people wanted to talk, I wanted to listen. And, and when, when I do projects like this, I have three audiences in mind. And the first one is myself because I learn so much just through the process of deep listening. I don't need to respond. I don't need to refute. I don't need to rebut any, thing that somebody says. I don't have to correct, convince, or coerce them. I just need to listen. Mm -hmm. That was my job down there. Um, So the first audience is myself, because when I can allow myself to do that sort of deep listening, I begin to understand the world in a new way. I learn something new every time I do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second audience is the person that I'm immediately engaged with, this person that I'm having an exchange with, because... um, I want them to know and to feel at the end of this um, encounter that they have been heard and seen and valued because I think we go through our lives um, longing for those things and we don't often get it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to the root of so many of the conflicts in, uh, in our society, I think you can dissect it and trace it back to the fact that at times, people don't feel heard or seen or valued. Mm -hmm. So that's audience number two. And the bigger audience um, uh, or or the third audience is is the larger public. Mm -hmm. You know, we try to figure out ways to share these stories publicly, whether it's online, uh, whether it's in exhibits, whether it's in books. Uh, In Minneapolis with this George Floyd series, there was this church, um, you know, about eight blocks to the north on Chicago. And I've been looking at this enormous 20 by 30 foot white blank wall that they had on the north side of this church. I've been looking at that for years going, hmm, I wonder if a fellow could ever project pictures on the side of that. Oh. And, uh, and I talked, I talked to, the, to the pastor at the church um, and told uh, her what I had um, done. And I said, would you be interested in sharing this as public art? And she said, come on up. And so for 10 days at the end of the summer, uh, every night I climbed up onto the roof with a wobbly, scary extension ladder and uh, tied the projector to a rope and pulled it up onto the roof with me. And we, we projected on the, on the wall of that church um, as public art, again, just to say to the community, we, we hear you, we see you and, and you matter. Wow. 
And I just, I like what you mentioned at the beginning of that too, about, you know, how we um, shape our, our understanding of the world based on the news source that we take in. And I just think, especially, you know, in an incident like that, um, how differently people might have interpreted what was happening there if that had been what, you know, right. what we saw instead, you know, when, of, when you turned on the news, that's yeah. you saw that instead of anyway, like the, the real experience of people that were living that anyway. Wow. That is, sounds like a very powerful project and I'm definitely going to go check that out. Um, one yeah. Of, and we, you know, if you, if you, if you need me to, uh, send you the link, if you have trouble finding it, as you wade through everything, just let me know. Um, and, and I can forward that to you. It's, um, you know, for, for me, I was, I was trying to figure out how to navigate this too. You know, this, as this is all unfolding, it's all very raw and very real. And, um, Mike, you, you alluded to this when you said, you know, just thinking about it, you get tired and, and there, when you listen deeply to people, there is a cost. Mm-hmm. There is a physical and emotional price that you pay for that. And I think we go through our lives putting up protective barriers uh, so that we don't have to pay that price. But when we do that, sure, you protect yourself, you insulate yourself, you, you, you isolate yourself. But in that process, you also abandon the opportunity for deep and human connections. Mm-hmm. And so that's a high price as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Everything. Yes, everything. Every, all yes. All those that. things. Because as soon as you said that's what I was thinking, I'm like, but it, but but there's that's exhausting as well. Continually protecting yourself is exhausting, um, and we lose out on the richness of being human with one another. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. So you, so um, I want to make sure we get to it. So like you, you were doing the the portraits of peace. No wait. I'm going to get it mixed up now. Yeah. Peace of my mind. Excuse yes. me. <laughs> yeah. 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 That you couldn't, that it, it, we could have come different, more different titles. Was that an, an option? Did you have a committee that got together? And was like, oh, well, okay. So here's, here's what happened. So, <laughs> there's a story. So, I knew it. Of course there's a story. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, if there wasn't a story, we would have been done like 37 minutes ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And that would have been a really short podcast, but no. So, so here's what happened. My first two books, um, were self-published, uh, and, and, and that was a great process and, 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 uh, it worked just the way it was supposed to. Uh, I really wanted a publisher for this new book. My first two books were essentially sharing other people's stories. You know, basically my voice was silenced. It was a portrait. It was a little biography and an excerpt from their interview. Um, after doing this for 10 years, I finally figured out I had something to say too yeah. about, about navigating difference, about, um, you know, encountering difference, about understanding where my own blind spots are, about listening deeply, about uh, how to be a better ally. And so I wanted to write a book about my experience of developing this project. And, um, and we found a, a publisher and I love the publisher. It's Broadleaf books out of Minneapolis. And it's a, it's a faith-based publisher, which is great because I'm a faith-based person. Um, their mission statement is, um, Oh no, now I'm going to get the mission <laughs> statement wrong. <laughs> we can edit it uh, in, <laughs> No, no, no. I think I'm going to get it. Let's see. Uh, enriching the mind, 
uh, nourishing the soul and cultivating the common good. Uh, I mean, that's that's yeah, yeah, I love it. And that's exactly what a piece of my mind uh, is trying to do. But um, when you have a publisher, you've got a team that can help you make the book better, that can help you, um, you know, focus the message. And every time we went through a round of edits, it did exactly that. I was so thrilled with the process of working with them. But at in the process, you also give up a little control, yeah, right? Yeah. Now you're working with a team and you don't get to call all the shots. And so, you know, when it when, <laughs> that sort of seems when appropriate they, for the work you're doing. Yeah, right. It's a collaborative process. Right. Oh, good point, Mike. I hadn't really thought of that, that <laughs> in exactly that way. But, um, and I hope that they love me just as much after they hear me say this, but in the process, um, of working with a publisher, sometimes they send you an email that says, Hey, here's the cover that we've chosen for your book. We hope you love it as much as we do. <laughs> and turns out I do. Oh, well, that's, uh, oh well, that's good. It's a beautiful cover and it uses one of my photos uh, and it's, you know, that's great. I was going to yeah. ask, make sure it was one of yours. Okay, good. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, and, and then they, uh, sometimes they send you an email that says things like, Hey, here's uh, the title that we've chosen for your book. We hope you love it as much as we do. (laughs) (laughs) And turns out I do. I think it's a great, uh, it's a great title and it reflects the work really well. Um, But yes, sometimes uh, I have to wrap my mind around the distinction of the project is called a piece of my mind. The book is called portraits of peace, um, searching for hope in a divided America. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it, that's totally a subtitle. Just so you know, if I hadn't ever met you or heard about this otherwise, if I came across that, I probably would buy it. The subtitle would have done it for me because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds oh. like a book I should probably read. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Now I'm going to turn the tables and I'm going to interview Ooh. you. What Ooh. is it? What is it about that that is interesting to you, Mike? Um, I think because that is. Um, I think that's just where I am at right now, personally. That like. I feel, I think a lot of sim, have a lot of similar feelings about like, just like there has to be a better way to do these things, which is, I mean, essentially, which is why we're doing this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. this is, that's one of the outgrowths of, of where I'm at. And so like anybody who has a tidbit or a, a a tip or, (laughs) or anything to give me some traction on how to do that sounds like, um, I could probably use that, but it's also just refreshing to hear other people's stories mm-hmm. of doing because I mean literally even just talking to you right now this is uh not emboldening what's the word energizing yeah that that yeah. you know like okay because every once in a while and I'm sure you feel this the same way maybe not um I feel like we're the only two people that, <laughs> that, trying. Are, trying, <laughs> that are trying that are trying to sort through this right exactly market. we might get every, every once in a while people we get a nice pat on the back like oh that's such a nice thing you're doing but uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think it's, we've, we've talked about it a few times. Like I, I think it's easy for me to feel like there's no way out of this. Like the divide is too big. The, the people are too angry. The, you know, the, the trenches are dug too deep or whatever. And I, I think it's really easy for me to focus on that. And so this is just, um, I can suck some of the hope out of what you found <laughs> and feel encouraged. Did you just say you're going to suck some of the hope out of what yep. I found? Yep. Yep. I'm going I'm right. to take that. That's I'm going to take that from you. Oh my goodness. Well, all right, but this is not a zero sum game. Oh, you know, I think we can point. both win in this process. Yes. Good point. Yes. We yeah. can. Right. Well, 
Okay, but but here, I, I hear you saying this, and I literally had a conversation with a good friend today of, um, you know, working on this project, sometimes you feel like you're yelling into a hurricane. Yeah. You know, sometimes it feels like these problems are so big and so overwhelming that the solutions we might bring to the table just aren't quite big enough. Mm-hmm. And that, and in that sense, it can feel overwhelming. But here, this is going to circle back to your question earlier, Mike, um, about where do you get the energy for this? Because when I sit at home and watch the news um, and, and listen to this division, I lose hope so quickly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I go out into the field and when I engage with human beings and when I surround myself with folks who are working towards finding solutions on how we can live better together, I find that energizing. And so, I mean, you you could say really this whole project is uh, is self serving for me because <laughs> it's what is what gives me hope. It's what allows me to continue to to move forward and believe that we can do better. Because every day when I'm out there interviewing new people, I find folks with creative solutions to these super daunting problems, and I. I have to believe that if we can amplify those a little bit, Mm -hmm. if we can use those as our model for how we can move forward, that, um, that it, it it shines a little light into the dark. I love that. I, we, um, earlier this year, we did a project, um, of a series. I think it was six interviews, uh, through the Rethos organization. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but, um, they were essentially kind of like, they were just interviews of regular people, um, that are, you know, was looking sort of at rural and urban divides or whatnot, but it was just all of, it was the same thing that you said, every single one of them, I was like, wow, we're, I didn't mm-hmm. even know it, but I'm surrounded by the most interesting, amazing people. Mm-hmm. And they're right down and the we're street. Gonna, and we're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely oh. Tell me right. the name, tell me the name of that organization again, Mike. Uh, Rethos, R-E-T-H-O-S. Okay, I'm going to yeah. check that out. Yeah, they did a, what they called it, what did they call it? A story mapping? Story mapping, story yeah. Mapping so they project. had a bunch of different um, collaborators working on telling the stories of rural Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. So we were just one part of that bigger yeah, project. That's pretty but, great. Yeah. All right, so we, the title of the book. <laughs> I did it again. Portrait of Peace. Notice that I just uh, paused. You just, <laughs> just let me walk right into that. Portrait of, of Peace. So tell, so tell us about the book because we need it. We want to make sure we talk specifically about this new book because it's coming out shortly. In we September? got to. We yeah. got, I felt really coming cool because I got to. I got to see the. I mean, the one that. I want to know if it's not a manuscript, but an advanced reader copy. Well, sorry, Tammy gets yep. to do these all the time with the, <laughs> like, not, you know, basically not for public consumption stamped on every single one of them. And I felt pretty cool. Yeah, right. So, yeah. thanks for that. It also, it also means don't judge us too harshly if you find a typo in there, because <laughs> since, since that version, it's been through editing about and proofreading about seven more times. Oh and goodness. I think we've weeded all those typos out. Wow. I would be the last person to give you a typo <laughs> uh, edit, but... So anyway, so tell us, tell us about that book, like how it's different than your other ones and and like, what was the, you know, what's your goal with it and all those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, so Portraits of Peace, Searching for Hope in a Divided America is, is really, uh, it it weaves uh, two things together. The first is my journey as an artist about developing this project, about 
believing it was worth doing about journeying uh, across the country and, like I say, encountering difference and um, and finding out that when I make myself uncomfortable, now nah, when I allow myself to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. that that's when a lot of growth happens. Yeah. That's when a lot of learning happens. So it's about that personal journey of of self discovery, really. Uh, and it weaves in this wisdom and beauty from all of the people that I've encountered along the way. So it's, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit of whimsy in it. There's a little bit of, uh, earnest, uh, self-criticism in it. There's a little bit of, uh, travel log in it. It really is a journey in almost every sense of the word. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, um, I don't know, what is it? It's, 70,000 words that translates into close to 200 pages. And, but it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's an easy read, but it's an engaging read that pulls you through It's short chapters. Uh, you know, I talk about every chapter really has a lesson uh, through my journey, through my experience of what I encountered, what I learned in the process and what, what I hope we can do going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big themes that I hope that people will take away are a willingness to listen deeply, um, a, a, a willingness to challenge your own expectations. Um, you know, uh, consider the possibility of seeing the world through new eyes. Uh, and the third one is to be willing to return to the table and continue to do the work. You know, none of this stuff that we have to deal with as individuals, as a society, none of it is an easy fix. None of it is a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it can become frustrating in the process or it can become, it can feel hopeless or, you know, you can, you can hit roadblocks and, 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 and stumble along the way. But what gets us to the finish line is that willingness to come back to the table and do the hard work. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's on his 30th anniversary on, on this very day. And it's, you know, uh, society is no different than than a long term human relationship. And, you know, things are not always perfect. And sometimes you hit roadblocks, but you get to the prize at the end when you're willing to work through that, when you're willing to back up and say, shoot, what went wrong here and how can we do it better Yeah, uh, and, re- and return to the table and, and stick with it. And I think in many regards, we've, we've just given up on each other. And so what I want this book to do is encourage us and give us hope that it's willing to stick it or it's worth it to stick it out. Yeah, It's worth it to continue to come together so that we can find a better way to do this. I love that. And I haven't, I haven't finished the whole book, but I do definitely think that it is very much engaging. Um, I love that there are stories, you know, of people that you've interviewed woven throughout your own journey, kind of like you've, you've blended that together really well. I have, I, yeah, I, um, I think it's, um, I, you know, it's not like an easy read, but I mean, it reads, it reads really well. I love it. Um, also though, I want to get my hands on an actual, hard copy when it comes out, because there are several things in there. I don't know that you um, recognize this about yourself in writing, um, but there are several things in there that I need to highlight. Um, so, I mean, there, there, you just, you have some uh, good nuggets of truth that I want to mark up. So I just, I love that. Um, 
one of the things that I just wanted to highlight because I it just struck me so much is um, you were talking about how we we have to choose this new path forward, and you said we have to build we have to bridge divides and build healing with intention. And I just love mm-hmm. that so much. Like we have to actually intentionally choose to do this work and then to do it again the next day. Um, and it, it's going to take a little bit more effort perhaps. I just, I loved that. Anyway, yeah, I, need yeah, copy. I, I need my highlighter. Well, well, funny you should say that because it's available for pre-order now anywhere yes. you like to buy books. Yeah. Wonderful segue. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was too easy to This is not your first or your last nope, interview. You definitely need to do that. Yes. And we will share the link. Yeah. Um, Cammy, can I just, uh, I've, I've got, I've got a physical advanced copy in front of me. Can I just read one paragraph that is exactly what you were just talking about there? And this is, this is from the author's note, which is sort of, I guess in the book world, it's the introduction to the introduction. Um, um, It says, if we are going to find a path forward, we will have to choose it. We will need to acknowledge the deep divides that exist in our social landscape and reckon honestly with them. As a nation and as individuals, we'll have to develop and enhance our ability to see the humanity in all those around us, not just the ones we disturb, not just the ones we agree with. And we will need to bridge divides and build healing with intention. May these stories be a beacon and a compass to guide our journey. I love that. Yep. She, she really does. I have to point out that was number f- she had that whole thing, that, that exact paragraph, one yep. mm-hmm. typed out as number five on her bullet points in her notes right here. <laughs> oh, man. Did we only just now get to number five? No, How many more things are on your, no. on your list? <laughs> we're kind of just jumping all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Our list is very fluid yeah. uh, most of the time. Um, you I, can probably tell that's what I enjoy. Yeah. I like a free-ranging conversation. It's great. I think that, um, you know, Tammy mentioned it about, like, getting overwhelmed and, like, just trying to, uh, you know, the problem seems so big that we can't, you know, we can't solve them. And it and it sounds kind of, I mean, it sounds corny. You called it, whim- I call it corny. You call it whimsical, which is a nicer way to say corny. <laughs> yeah, same yeah. thing. No, but, like, that we need to, we, we. And I put myself in this category. I need to constantly scale down what what I what I can touch or what I can mm-hmm. affect. Yep. And so, like, what we need to do to solve all these big problems is just to have many, 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 many people doing these very intimate and small things of having these conversations with your with your family, with your neighbors, with people. You know, like. Yep. We're not, we, I am not going to change the world, but if we have enough of these people who are, you know, doing, doing the work and, and we were, we will benefit no matter what. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you've noticed, I'm sure you've had this experience with all of these interviews that you have done, John, that like you get more out of it than anybody else. Right. Like that's how I seem to, anytime I've had an encounter like this, um, when I'm willing to a deep listening, that's really great. I really like the way that you rephrase mm-hmm. that. Cause yep. like anytime you can do that is like, even though it feels maybe, um, unnatural on the front end to, to put yourself in that position, I almost always walk away feeling like I got the better end of the deal. Even yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I really appreciate those moments when, when there is tension in the room and you're, you're sort of at this crossroads where things could 
take a turn and go towards conflict or they could uh, take a different turn and go towards healing. And there's something super rewarding about being willing to walk together in that space to, to, to try to aim for that healing when you're able to shift that tension, you know, a, a hundred times a day, you know, none of us, none of us is Gandhi. None of us is Dr. King. Um, but, but there are a hundred times a day where you've got an opportunity to, to shift a conversation towards healing or, or dig in and, and set the hook and try to move towards conflict. And, and I worry sometimes that we are, that we're forgetting that and that we, we walk into every encounter ready for conflict and ready for, um, ready for friction. Uh, and, you know, I think, again, it has to be an intentional choice uh, to build something else. You know, so often we will jump right into the most contentious subject uh, <laughs> and, 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 and it, goes, it, it goes bad in a hurry, but we forget to do the early foundational work yes. of building a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we step right into the fire and then we get surprised when we get burned. Mm-hmm. You know, but we, we haven't done that work that's going to bring us back to the table again and again and establish a relationship and set a tone of respect. Mm-hmm. So I understand we're all busy and life is full, but um, man, if you got a chance to smile at somebody instead of smile at somebody, maybe it's worth a try. Yeah. Um, so as you are launching this book and this pandemic is still happening, is there going to be some sort of a book tour or how are you going to spread all of this fabulous information around? Yeah, it's such a weird time to be trying to do a, a book tour. You know, right now we just, um, uh, well, I let me you back just say, and- it's just a weird time to be trying to fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> do anything. Right. Right. Everything is so uncertain, but we are, um, the short answer is yes. So September 21st in Bloomington, Minnesota, we're going to have uh, a book release celebration. Friend of mine, uh, Neil Hagberg is going to, uh, play some music. Um, we've all, you know, it's going to be in a church. We'll project some images. We'll tell some stories. We'll, we'll celebrate the new book. That's September 21st, which by the way, is the international day of peace, which is why we chose that day to release the book. Aww. Um, Oh, <laughs> September 22nd, we, uh, I've got an exhibit that we're installing in Everett, Washington at the public library. Uh, we're installing that at the end of the month. We were going to do a public event uh, later on at the library. That has already shifted to virtual yeah. because of uh, Delta variant sort of stuff. Uh, so we're we're going to roll with it. September 23rd, uh, we've got a, uh, a book reading at Next Chapter Booksellers in St. Paul. I'm super excited about that. That'll be our first official bookstore uh, reading. Then September 28th, we've got a virtual uh, book reading with Apostle Islands booksellers up in uh, Bayfield, Wisconsin. <gasps> oh, you just, you, you just, just oh, you know man. Yes. oh man, you just pushed all the buttons that at one so time. Great. Wow. Apostle wow. Island booksellers. And now I'm going to get a little bit in trouble, but they are my second favorite bookstore Ooh. in Bayfield, Wisconsin. Um, oh geez. <laughs> oh geez. No, they're wow. Yeah. We are you connected up there? So my family has been going there for my entire life. So, uh, is that a place that you have a connection to the booksellers? Yeah, no, I have, I have good friends up there. And in fact, I spent a, uh, 
I spent a week up there uh, earlier this summer doing some stories around watershed preservation and how to protect that resource of uh, that enormous body of fresh water up there. And um, and so one of one of the people I interviewed was uh, was Kristen who uh, who who helps run the bookstore up there. Yeah. And so we started talking. She's like, "Oh my gosh, you have a book. You should do a thing." Oh, and geez. for for that particular, oh geez, oh, geez, says the upper Midwesterner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so um, that will be a fun conversation. It's going to be virtual, but my, my good friend, Jeff Renicky, he is the executive director for the Friends of the Apostle Islands National uh, Lakeshore. And um, he's also an amazing writer. So he used to, he, he did a lot of writing for National Geographic, National Geographic Traveler, Backpacker, all these different magazines. He's going to interview me um, for that virtual conversation. So uh, we should probably the get 20th. the link for that because that yeah, sounds we're like, gonna, we're yeah. going to need that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I will be happy to, to get that to you. Um, or you can just look at the, look at their calendar for the store on their website, and they've got now, the link there. Now I feel slightly bad that I'm like, they're my second because the, uh, they're uh, what's it now? I think it's a good good dog bookstore is yeah. down the street. Mm-hmm. I just that one it's it's a it's got used books, and I could just sit in there all day. Um, but I love both of those stores. We go there every yeah every time we're in Bayfield, we hit those two, and then boy, am I nerding out right? Never yeah. mind, um, <laughs> Mike. I love all bookstores equally. Oh, that's what I do. That sounds like a guy who's got a book to sell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, and and so I will say, you know, of course, the book is the books uh, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and IndieBound and and all those things. But you can also go to you can also walk store, into yeah. your independent bookseller, and all you got to do is say the title of the book, and they can get it from all of their normal distribution channels. Absolutely. Love it. Nice. That's an excellent plug. Mm-hmm. Well, that's quite a bit of stuff for, for a, a scaled back COVID agenda, if you will. Well, and, and as we get into the fall, um, you know, I told you we used to do all of this public programming, and as we get into the fall, we've got all of these larger engagements set up at... Um, at uh, colleges and conferences and uh, and high schools and and I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do all those things and so of course every, let's see I think we're scheduled to be in nine different states uh, before the end of the year doing programming with exhibits and and lectures and so of course we'll be talking about the books everywhere and uh, and I love talking at churches and I love talking at at Rotary clubs I I am one of the newest Rotary uh, members in the world, I think. I just joined a couple of months ago. Oh. Um, but, you know, any place where we have an opportunity to talk to a group of people about how we find a better path forward, um, I am happy to field those phone calls and those emails so people can go to a apieceofmymind.net and send me a message. I love that. Okay, so I have I have one other question for you that just popped up. No, I mean, I have a list, but I'm trying to be <laughs> succinct here. Um, so can this piece of you, like, can you shut this off? Or is it like you go to the grocery store with your wife and she's, oh crap, it's going to be two hours because he's going to run into somebody <laughs> and say, practical you're question. interesting. I want to ask you a question, you know, like, do you- Oh yeah. There might be some of that that happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so, so here's what happens on the road. Okay. So, so when this is sort of a whole 
whole other thing and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to be succinct now, but <laughs> okay. you, you can tell already that I'm not good at that. Uh, so when we left in the RV, our goal was to go across the country and wade into the thickest stuff uh, and find people who were finding creative solutions to our most challenging problems. So we went, you know, we went out to um, South Carolina, to Charleston, to talk about the historical ramifications of slavery. We went into the bayous of Louisiana to talk about environmental land loss. We went up into northern Minnesota to talk about uh, indigenous treaty rights. We went to the border uh, uh, of Mexico in Arizona to, to talk about immigration. And, you know, so, so we go to Arizona and we're there for a month and, you know, we're talking to asylum seekers. We're talking to, um, activists. We're talking to border patrol agents. We're talking to ranchers, really trying to get a broad cross section of who we are as society. But we're, we're wading into the, the thick of it. But here's, um, don't lose hope, Tammy. I'm circling around to answer <laughs> your fine. question. You're fine. <laughs> so, so here's what happens. I am so far behind on editing these stories because in a week I'll do, I'll do six, eight, 10 different interviews, but I only have time to edit one of them. And when I set aside, this happened in Mississippi, we were in Mississippi talking about Confederate monuments. And I said, okay, on Saturday, I'm taking the day and I'm just going to edit content. I'm not doing anything else. And so this, the day before Friday, I walk into a coffee shop and I meet this guy and I talk to him and, you know, <laughs> we're just like standing in line and he, and I'm like, well, what are you doing in town? And he goes, oh, I'm just, I'm canoeing 7,500 miles across the country because right. I want to try to remember what's good about the United States again. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, crap. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> crap. Go. There goes. There goes my Saturday, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to not interview Neil when I have the opportunity because that's an amazing story. Right. And then when I was, so I was in, in, uh, along the Mackenzie river in Oregon just a month ago doing stories about wildfires because, uh, last year the town of blue river, uh, in a matter of hours burned to the ground with this 175 acre uh, forest fire. Um, and I'm talking to some, to a guy there, Sean, who had helped me line up a lot of the interviews. And, uh, he goes, Oh, you're going to, uh, to Portland next. He goes, how would you like to interview the oldest still performing drag queen in the world? I'm like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> crap. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to do that. And so, <laughs> so, so this is what happens. So you're right, Tammy, it cannot be turned off. It's just sort of, it, I'm, well, well okay, God so love what, you, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That she has made it 30 years with this says something about her character and her determination. I think. See now, now but I'll tell you, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, when I go out hiking, I always think, well, what if we just go around that corner? What are we going to find? Well, we graduated from college. We started out by planning a two-week trip to Germany that turned into a three-month backpacking trip through Europe. It just, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. That's always kind of what I'm looking for. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's both, it's both charming and wildly annoying all and at the same time. I also just love that you remember all of their names. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's mm, yeah, sometimes. 
I know every once in a every once in a while they turn into a jumbled stew, but if I if I just stare off into the distance for a little while, it comes back to me. <laughs> now I see. Now I want to ask a question though about because about Karen. Does you do you ever like just sort of find yourself drifting into sort of interview mode, and she looks and she's like, uh uh-uh, no no no, you're not doing any of that. Peace of mind on me. <laughs> You, well, you want me? To, I mean, she's just in the other room. You want me to go get her an ass? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. No, then, not, then, yeah. we, then, then we would not make it to 31 years if yeah. that's what I did. No, uh, no. no, no. I think I understand yeah, the you difference. Know, you know between, what? Okay, good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we do have a super blurry line between life work balance when you when you live in you know, an RV. When you're, yeah, when your bed and your kitchen and your office are all within arms reach of one yeah. another you know you you do what you got to do but um but no in in that regard i um i think i, I do okay nice okay well sadly i i think um we need to start wrapping this up although i would say um you know our little town of fergus falls is right on the highway that's probably taking you to your um book tour so if you ever need a pit stop yeah you know, we're, we're right here we're here and we would love to uh, <laughs> do lunch or visit some more um i, I would like that you know that things are going to get super complicated this fall like we're oh, yeah. we yeah. have to we have to fly back to the Twin Cities. Like we can't drive any everywhere because it just takes too much time right. in an yeah. RV. So we'll park the RV. We're flying to Minnesota. We'll fly back out to Washington and then carry on down south. But yeah. the next time I am in Fergus Falls, yes. this is the weird thing. And I say this, and you're gonna you're gonna roll your eyes and say, "Yeah, whatever, John." But this is what we do. Like I'm gonna call you up and I'm gonna say, "Hey, Tammy, Mike, I'm gonna be in Fergus. Who do I have to talk to?" And then uh, that's that's how it works. That is great. And we would love it. That would be so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for, first of all, the work that you're doing. Um, I It's great. And that's what we need right now. Um, and it's definitely meeting the moment. So thank you so much for that and for spending some time on your anniversary telling us all about it. That's been fabulous. Um, well, it's been an enjoyable conversation. I, I appreciate you all taking the time and, and letting me... Uh, letting me uh, share with folks about this new book that's coming out. Well, I think you've definitely, at least for me, I'm sure for both of us, um, not just your book, but this conversation has, has, I can energize, energize us anew um, uh, to know that, that you're out there, other people are out there and, and the work that you're doing is so important. So um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It was super enjoyable and we do, we will hold you to that. Yeah. When you're coming through Fergus and we will give you a nice dandy, a nice dandy list. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I love. A nice dandy list. I'll be grateful for that. All right. All right. Thanks so much, John. Yeah. Thanks. You too. Uh, Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. We abruptly hung up on John. (laughs) No, we did not. We said goodbye. John, if you listen to this, if you actually listen to your thing. I felt like maybe it was a little abrupt, but Tammy said it was fine. She's like, I said goodbye. And he said goodbye. <laughs> and then you hang up. And Mike's like, yes. no, we should have Wait, stayed and chatted sorry, after the fact. But, well, and it's drag only, it out like a Minnesota no, it's goodbye. it's not drag it out. It's only because he was so interesting and so engaging. Was. That I just wanted to keep talking yes. to him. Um, Definitely really, want to connect really with him again. That what, was. What do you, you got any like just. I, I loved the part about listening deeply um, and just that we need to be intentional about coming back to the table yeah. and doing the work yeah. because it's super exhausting 
and frustrating and what whatever. Like it can be a, a struggle to keep continue wanting to show up and we need to do that. Yeah. Uh, one of the chapters that was that's in his forthcoming upcoming book anyway, yeah. the book that's coming up yeah. um, is stay at the table. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that a lot. Just like the, the idea that like, just don't leave. And like, yeah. if you've ever had an argument with a family member or a friend or something like that, yeah. and like the urge is you just, sometimes you just want to throw your hand, or throw yes. up your hands and leave is yep. just is stay at the table. Yeah. Um, and I thought that he, his work is actually a pretty good reflection of what, and we probably bears repeating all the time on this show that like our goal at this show is not to, to win yeah, or to necessarily convince or whatever it is. Yep. It's to, it's to find common ground by just continuing to dig. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it was really great. And you should mm-hmm. listen. Well, you should listen to the hey. show that you just listened to, Yeah, listen uh, but some definitely more. grab the book. Yeah. Um, and he is going to have, we'll put them the links up about all of their mm-hmm. events that are coming up. And we'll share the website also where you can see all of the blogs with previous projects and all of that. Yeah. Um, he mentioned a project, um, around George Floyd, um, that murder and all that happened in the, in the plaza after that. And that's on his website too. So we'll share that with you. Yeah. So it was great. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. That's <sighs> nice. It was nice. <laughs> we can go right into that. Tonight. <gasps> we can just go right into that. Cause that was so nice. It was yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, I, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Cause, my, Cause we talked about it at the beginning. Cause yeah. I'm so cross-eyed tired. <laughs> Um, Why are I'm you cross-eyed, cross-eyed tired? tired? Because I was for the last three days. I was up in northern Minnesota with two of my children at their annual cross-country camp. Yes. So, like, their cross-country team goes for three days up to the North Woods, and we do like a challenge course. Um, they do a bunch of like we do a bike ride, we do a bunch of runs, um, and we stay all in tents um, at a at a cabin. One of the coaches have a cabin up mm-hmm. uh, by Walker. And it's, it's, I'm exhausted because I didn't sleep very much. We got up at 5am this morning to pack up before we, uh, got rained on, on. (laughs) but it is, and I think even John in this interview, uh, he said like, you know, it's going to be all right. And I think last week, last week's Mm -hmm. my was like, the kids are all right. Yeah. I love this trip. I look forward to it every year. Um, some people are like, you gotta be crazy. There were 38 students. Seventh through twelfth grades. So I'm mind blown, like wow, that you're willing to go with 38 students. But also, there's 38 students doing cross country. Yeah. That's pretty great. Um, it's great, and they're just a fan. Of, they're crazy and annoying and yep. dumb. Yeah, they're just dumb. <laughs> but they're also wonderful, and they're yeah. hardworking, and they are great teammates. And like, and I, I tell this story every time too because we have to. We go to a uh, on the last day in Detroit Lakes. There's like a big, kind of like a pre-meet so a bunch of teams come together mm-hmm. so we have to leave walker area at like 6 30 mm-hmm. we're all in tents and they've been up forever whatever it is so like we have to get them up at 5 30 in the morning 5 15 yeah and they get up and without fail these yahoo stupid can't find their shoes like <laughs> teenagers at 5 30 in the morning pop out of bed, pack up their stuff, take down their tents, help out everybody else. And we're out and it's phenomenal. It's amazing. In 40 minutes this year, because the rain. Yeah. The entire thing was, we were packed up and ready to go. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's why I'm tired, but it also is, it it, it is, it is great. Yeah. Uh, And we didn't get to do it last year because COVID's dumb. Yep. Um, But this year we got to do it and it was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. 
<sighs> what about you? Um, what, well, what's nice with you? COVID is dumb. Um, my <laughs> COVID is. What's nice? COVID, COVID is, is dumb. dumb. Um, Pfizer received full approval. It's no longer just emergency use authorization from the um, from the. <laughs> Did you get <laughs> Pfizer <laughs> or Moderna? I got Moderna. I think I got Moderna too. I can't Pretty remember. Pretty sure. That. All right, go ahead. Anyway, um, so for 16 and over, it's now no longer the emergency use. And immediately there's been a wave of vaccination requirements from all over the place. Companies, universities, the University of Minnesota joined that list. Cities like New York City is now saying, hey, students and staff, uh, or not students, um, staff and um, teachers, everyone in the school system has to be required. So yep. I are you for it? Is that's your thing? I love it. This is your jam? I I think that this is one way out of this that's going to be a little bit faster. I don't know. I'm here for it, and I just like also because I know that there are some people who were vaccine hesitant mm. that were waiting for this full authorization, like that emergency use was a little bit right. You know, um, inducing some skepticism. So I think that this will help some individuals. Uh, to make the decision to get vaccinated. What are your thoughts? Like, is this a nice, I don't know if you, you want me to go. Cause I'm going to oh, take it back. Oh, okay. The only thing that I don't like about this is, which is predictable. There already immediately were, are people who are like, this isn't a real full authorization. Aww. This is a fake one because, whatever. because the phase three trials or whatever it is, they yeah. have some sort of, and like, and I'm like, they're, I, I heard Fauci on the radio the other day and he was very upbeat about this. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, sorry, dude, you really don't know how, how entrenched some people are. And it also just annoys me because there are lots of people who are in that group. They're like, I don't want to take it because it's not authorized. And mm -hmm. then they're just going to make up another thing. Right. There's always going to be a thing. Yeah. And then, well, then it was the fastest one in history to be authorized. Because so, we're better at science. Well, I don't know. Plus, always somebody has to be the <gasps> fastest one. Right. Like, previously, there was one. Get there faster, anyway. Joe. Mm -hmm. So I think it is It is good. Um, I definitely think it gives a lot of cover to um, organizations yep. and businesses and it stuff does, like that to yeah. be able to say, like, this is going to be uh, a requirement now. So yep. I just really just get 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 the shot. Get the, get the vaccine. Wear the mask. Do the things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's nice. Also, I will just say real quick, I started classes yesterday. Um, I teach at a local community college and I started classes back in person for the first time since February of 2020. So much better. Oh my gosh. I mean, we're wearing masks. We're distanced, whatever. The classes are a lot smaller, but oh my word, it is so fabulous just to be back in front of students physically again. And hopefully we'll stay that way. So anyway, here's to teachers going back to school. Yes. Yes. That's nice. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Flyover Logic. This is Mike and Tammy saying that even if you don't have time to land here, we're glad you found time to listen.